Hi everyone, I'm Rosemarie Miller here with Stephen Ehrlich, the director of Forbes Digital Assets, here to tell us all about Bitcoin reaching $50,000 for the first time since 2021. Thank you so much for joining me today, Steve. All right, thanks, Rosemary. So, Steve, what happened? Why did Bitcoin reach 50K today? Uh, it's been a bit of a slow burn, really, over the last few weeks or so. Uh, as you probably recall, on January 11th, the SEC finally greenlit about 10 different spot Bitcoin ETF uh, funds uh, to begin trading. And, and this was a long awaited, kind of a 10 year wait for, for crypto. And uh, as we've spoken previously, Rosemary, uh, Bitcoin really surged about 50% in the three months leading up to that point in time. I believe when the funds started trading, Bitcoin was at around 46,000. It went all the way up to about 49,000. But then as Bitcoin has a habit of doing, uh, it turned out that at least for now, those ETFs were a buy the rumor, sell the news sort of event where Bitcoin then quickly fell down to 38,000. 500 or so. A big part of that was the fact that FTX, the estate of the collapsed uh, exchange created by Sam Bankman-Fried, had about $1.2 billion worth of shares in one particular fund, this Grayscale Bitcoin Trust, that it liquidated right away, which sort of canceled out a lot of the net inflows. Uh, but really kind of, despite a lot of trading volume, um, these ETFs were, were sort of muted. Uh, but as we've seen over the last few weeks, and this was something that I predicted and, and many other analysts had kind of predicted, there wasn't going to be a big usher in of 10 billion, $20 billion into these funds right away. It just, it takes time. And just because these things are allowed to trade, that doesn't mean that all the different uh, investment advisors and brokers immediately start funneling customer funds into it. But we've started to see a slow climb and, uh, and, and really outflows from Grayscale have started to dwindle and then um, the ETFs led by Fidelity and BlackRock have a combined almost $8 billion in assets right now, and it's just continuing to grow. So we've seen a surge in Bitcoin. I think the other thing that's worth keeping in mind, too, is that um, in traditional equities, I mean, they're also starting to grow. I mean, the Magnificent Seven continue to go up, led by NVIDIA, and just kind of in particular, I mean, the S&P keeps setting records across 5,000 for the first time in, uh, in history. And I, I think there is a bit more of a risk on behavior among traders in particular. So that's why it's starting to rebound after after Bitcoin dropped, after what the mm -hmm. ETF trading happened. So it's rebounding. It's correlated with traditional finance, with the stock market. That's what's going on here. I think I mean, there are certainly some some esoteric factors that are impacting Bitcoin. Uh, I, mean, I mean, it's really hard to, to discount just the ability for anyone to get exposure to Bitcoin now without having to open up a wallet and fund an account at somewhere like Coinbase or Kraken or, or whatever. Uh, so, so those factors are very unique to Bitcoin, and I think they will continue to grow. But to your point, I, I do think that we're in this sort of interesting period, just looking at the more macro picture, where investors, uh, they're trying to, to kind of read the Fed's tea leaves, they're trying to figure out where the economy is going, because on one hand, um, Jerome Powell and, uh, and other members of the Fed are, are saying, like, hold on, we're not going to decrease rates right now from the record highs that they ratcheted them up to to, to kind of combat inflation. Um, and but at the same time, uh, we're also seeing like robust economic growth, a terrific jobs report and so on and so forth. So and but stocks keep going up. So investors are trying to make sense of of all of this. And that's just one additional threat that's helping sort of drive this risk on approach that I think is flowing into Bitcoin as well.
So Steve, what was going on in crypto last time Bitcoin was this high? Yeah, so this is a really interesting point because the last time Bitcoin was this high was December of 2021. Uh, when it was at this point, it was kind of climbing down from close to $70,000. It reached that point in October of 2021. And that's when the SEC greenlit uh, the, the trading and launch of Bitcoin futures ETFs. Uh, these are different than spot ones because futures really just kind of roll up futures contracts, cash settles futures contracts into an equity people can trade. These new products, they actually physically acquire the Bitcoin. But that's not super relevant here. But that was another one of those buy the rumor, sell the news types of events. And Bitcoin is kind of on its way down. Um, as we all know, 2022 was horrendous for, for all markets, but, but in particular for crypto. Uh, I mean, just in general, um, record high inflation led to a risk off approach across all asset classes. But in particular, I mean, crypto then struggled from the the collapse and bankruptcy of three hours capital, which led to uh, subsequent bankruptcies of all sorts of major firms, BlockFi, Voyager, Celsius, so on and so forth. And, and all of that was sort of capped by the collapse and bankruptcy of FTX in November 2022, uh, which when other markets started to stabilize, Bitcoin then went down even further. And I believe Bitcoin fell almost as low as I think 15 or 16,000, which is three, four X below what it is now. So that's what crypto really was dealing with. Uh, and if you looked in December 2021, I mean, nobody would have anticipated all of the pain and everything that happened. So the fact that it was kind of able to build itself back up after so many critics were dancing on the graves of, of crypto, I think is a real testament to the power of this community. Well, do you believe it's sustainable, Bitcoin lingering around this $50,000 mark? And I mean, what do you think is likely to happen next? I, I do think it is sustainable. Uh, I mean, there could be reversals. I mean, I've, I've been reading a lot about um, sort of sell walls at, at 50,000. There, there's a lot of, uh, I think there's there's a strong chance that um, there's going to be some, some short-term profit taking, which tends to happen, especially when Bitcoin reaches um, sort of like these important mental thresholds. So I would not be surprised to see a bit of a, a retrace, maybe back down to the um, mid to high 40s. But longer term, I, I do think that this is going to be sustainable. I mean, as you know, I don't get into long-term price predictions because that's uh, frankly just throwing darts at the dartboard. But if you just look fundamentally at what's happening, there's going to be more and more brokers and RIAs that are onboarding clients into these products, which will help drive demand. And then in April, Bitcoin's going to have its fourth halving. This is a quadrennial event that's really kind of celebrated in the community. And, and basically what it means is that the issuance rate of new Bitcoin is going to be reduced by by 50%. I believe right now it's 6.25 Bitcoin per every block that gets created on an average of 10 minutes. Now it's going to go down to 3.125. And it's going to keep having every four years until the final Bitcoin is mined in the year 2140. Um, this is not just a cause of celebration for Bitcoin, sort of like hardwired monetary policy. These halvings have traditionally been very bullish for, for Bitcoin. Um, and just simply it's a supply and demand thing. Each Bitcoin uh, doesn't necessarily get scarcer, but, but again, the, it's a sort of a, like a disinflationary type of, of process, which um, tends to reward investors over the long term. So with these kind of con concurrent events, um, the increased flows plus the halving, it really could create a, um, a sort of a, a cocktail of demand that could drive the price of Bitcoin higher. Uh, but again, I'm not going to necessarily get into specific predictions on, on where the price could go. Um, there's plenty of, of pundits out there that are prognosticating on 100,000, 200,000, 500,000, a million. I'll let them kind of stick to what they want to do. Well, Steve, how are crypto stocks and other assets reacting to this news? Yeah, this is really interesting because one of the things that we've spoken about 
quite often, Rosemary, is just that Bitcoin is sort of the bellwether or the, or the engine for the rest of, of crypto. When it's doing well, other assets tend to um, follow it, follow it, and tend to outperform it. And 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 the reverse is true as well. It's the safe haven assets when the markets are are doing poorly. Uh, people will roll out of these like altcoins or smaller cap alternative tokens and go into Bitcoin. And right now, I was just kind of just checking the numbers a little bit because uh, Bitcoin had been going up and it's being outpaced in particular by, I mean, Ether, which is seen as like the, the, the I guess, like the, the largest, the second largest crypto token. But then even some tokens that are more directly relevant or correlated to Bitcoin itself, like Stacks, which is kind of seen as a complementary blockchain to Bitcoin. And then a, a sort of this new meme coin token called Ordi, which is also based on 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 Bitcoin. I mean, they're also, I think, somewhere between six and ten percent up on the day, and Bitcoin really is only up about two percent. So that's why when I was talking about the slow burn for Bitcoin, it's not like Bitcoin surged up fifteen percent today and reached mm-hmm. this number. It's kind of been going for a while, which is why I think this might be a bit more sustainable. And then even on the equity side too, it's uh, a lot of investors, especially if Bitcoin's starting to do well, will buy um, exposure. Further exposure to Bitcoin through equities, MicroStrategy, which has uh, the largest treasury of Bitcoin in the world, at least from a corporate perspective, it's up. Um, a lot of the Bitcoin miners, Marathon, Riot, Strongholds, uh, CleanSpark, they're all outperforming Bitcoin right now. And interestingly, Coinbase is is not because Coinbase is seen as a bit more of a diversified uh, way to get exposure to the space. So. Mm-hmm. I, we are seeing the same patterns that we frequently see when when Bitcoin reaches these thresholds or, or does well, where some of these higher beta, um, more ancillary stocks and tokens um, are, are outperforming it. Wow. So wait, could you touch on Coinbase a little bit more? It's not up because it's seen as a more diversified stock. What do you mean by that? Well, it, it is it is still doing well. It is mm-hmm. up. But the other stocks that I mentioned, the, the Bitcoin miners and the microstrategy mm-hmm. are seen as um, pure plays. I mean, MicroStrategy in particular is almost seen as an ETF substitute. And for, for many years before these ETFs began to trade, it really was like the only true ETF substitute out there. Uh, Coinbase, and, and this is a much more uh, diverse story, Coinbase uh, has been working for years to sort of diversify its revenue sources away from, from trading fees in particular, which once were 90, I mean, 97, 98, 99% of its total revenue, um, they wanted to not be as uh, vulnerable to market cycles. And then even within trading, they've been actively trying to diversify trading attention away from Bitcoin to Ether and and then other altcoins where there aren't necessarily those ETF substitutes. So from a Coinbase perspective, um, I mean, some of these other sources of revenue include staking fees where they will stake assets on behalf of clients, which basically means they post them as collateral to network for the right to process transactions, save their networks and get rewards. They have a whole custody business. They launch their own new blockchain called Base where they generate fees from there. Um, one of their, actually their biggest extra source of revenue outside of trading fees is from stablecoin revenue. Uh, they're a joint issuer of the world's second largest stablecoin called USD coin with Circle. I believe right now it has a market cap somewhere of $27 billion or so. And a lot of that is um, they, they generate profit from that because they can take that money and then invest it in short term treasuries and other um, cash equivalents and generate returns, especially right now, like four to five percent annually. And uh, the overhead for that particular product is is pretty small. So all those different ways Coinbase is, <clears throat> excuse me, all those different ways is helping Coinbase to 
diversify its its revenue sources. But that also means it, its growth, its um, its stock movement should be smoother than the Bitcoin miners. But during acute periods like this, where there's a lot of focus just on Bitcoin, it's likely to underperform some of the more pure plays. Okay. Well, thank you so much for joining me today, Steve. Great. Thanks, Rosemary.